Welcome to The Unrealist. If you wanted to learn about investing in short-term rentals, investing in apartments, uh, earning passive income that way, uh, today's your day. I have two really unique, uh, great guests. Uh, but first, our Unreal stat of the day. And it's that, and it's actually a combination of two stats. First, since 2019, the demand for short-term rentals has gone up 20% each year on average. However, the actual number of short-term listings has only increased in total by 14% over that time. Uh, that gap is gigantic. It sounds like an opportunity as part of what we're going uh, to discuss today. Uh, but first, uh, so now we're going to introduce you uh, to my two illustrious guests. We have Christopher and Ashton, Ashton Leverick. Uh, they are brothers. Uh, they are real estate investors and partners at the Valkyrie Investment Group. Um, Christopher is a former uh, firefighter in the, in the U.S. Air Force, and Ashton uh, worked as a medic in special operations. Uh, the Valkyrie Group uh, focuses on investors uh, and uh, W-2 workers to help them expand their options and opportunities to invest in, in, in real estate investing. Uh, you guys, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having us, Cal. Yeah, good to be here. Good Appreciate it. This is awesome. So, um, okay. Um, I know you guys have this really interesting background where you both have this military service, and I'm sure I've done a bunch of other things. Can you talk to me a little bit about your, your origin story? It has to be just so different for most people, how you went from that to being full-time real estate investors and, and partnering as brothers as well. Yeah, that's a, that's a fun story. And I wish it was very different, honestly. Um, I wish we could stand out. But here's the thing, right? Like most people want that freedom. They want that time back, right? And at some level, when you start having kids, when you start um, realizing that going to work nine to five every day is not what you're built to do, and you want that freedom, you want to take more than two weeks off every year, then you realize like a, a lot of us are in the same boat, right? But essentially what happened was I was getting ready to retire from the military in 2018. I had what, a year and a half, something left. And Christopher came to me and he was like, hey, look, um, I'm thinking about investing in real estate. And he had his own reasons for doing that. And my reason for looking at it was I didn't want to get another job. I want to spend more time home with my family. My daughter had actually come to me because I was gone around 265 days a year, just from between training wow. and deployments. I was gone a lot. And my daughter had come to me and she basically had said, when are you going to live with us for real? And then, oh, you know, gosh. that hits home. Yeah, yeah, that hits, that hits hard, right? Yeah. So, and you want to be there. You want to be an impact. You want to be there for dinner. You want to be there for her recitals, for her games, whatever, right? I want to be there for her. I'm her father. I'm her protector, her provider, right? So, um, that's where it started. Christopher had his own, his own reasons for bringing that up when we started talking about it in the beginning. And I'll, I'll let Christopher talk to that, but that's kind of where it started. Yeah. It's, it's, um, you know, I, I did four years in the military, so I didn't have as much time as Ashton did as well. But I think when I got out of the military and I joined the corporate world, I was an IT engineer for about 10 years after 12 years after doing that. You know, when you are working in a cubicle day in, day out and uh, you're putting money away, like they tell you in a 401k, and then, uh, you know, all of a sudden you look at it, you know, am I doing good? Am I doing good? And then you see that it just drops by like ten thousand uh, dollars. This was two thousand eighteen. They Fed raised the rate. They were exploring at countering inf inflation early, but they didn't stick to their guns. Anyway, but when they raised the rate, that's when my four hundred one k dipped, and I was like, man, everything I just put over the last like year is gone. 
you know? So mm. Um, mm. maybe this 401k, maybe this retirement plan isn't the best idea. How do I get more out? How do I really position myself to not work all the time in a cubicle for the rest of my life, 50 hour work weeks and, uh, you know, work until I'm 68, 69 and, and then maybe not even have a 401k. So that's how I got the idea to go into real estate. I heard a lot of wealth was in real estate and I said, why not me? So. Absolutely. No, it's, it's so funny you tell that, uh, the story about the 401k. So, uh, I, I studied this in business school and it's a little known fact, and I don't want to take us too far off, uh, real estate, but it's a little known fact that, and these guys are, are very public, the ones that invented the 401k, it, it oh, yeah. was never designed to do what we now use it for. Uh, and it's one of those things that's like, I don't, I don't want to use the word, uh, scam, <laughs> but it's like the, this group of people, I think with really good intentions said, Hey, we could really, you know, help supplement pensions with this new um, sort of instrument if companies would help their employees invest in a four hundred one k, help them, you know, match it, do all these things. And corporations took that and ran with it. They said, "Oh, like complement or supplement? No, 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 no. We're just going to get rid of the retirement, you know, pensions completely and replace it." Uh, with the 401k. So the inventors of the 401k are like, hey, hey, we, we didn't, that was never the idea, right? Uh, and so you see lots of people like what you're describing. They, they, everybody's been told, okay, we play by the rules, you work hard, you contribute into that. Um, but then you look up 10, 15, 20 years, it's not, it's often not enough, right? Um, yeah. And so it's, it's, it's funny you all came to that, that conclusion on your own and quickly, uh, quickly pivot. I think it's, uh, it's, it's really smart. Um, okay, so let's let's circle back to the unreal stat of the day. Um, so, you know, what I was describing was this idea that uh, the demand for short-term uh, rentals is going up 20% every year, yet um, the actual number of short-term listings uh, in aggregates only gone up over 14% over the last three or four years. So you're talking single-digit um, growth. Um, so, so I'd love to hear about how you came to that that insight. And, you know, how, how you're taking advantage of it and how you're doing it differently than everyone else. Yeah, so that data comes from AirDNA and AirDNA is a big uh, tool you can use to look at markets, look at properties, get existing listing information. Um, you know, there's a lot for multifamily. AirDNA is kind of the short term rental space. Um, but, yeah, it's. It's interesting. A lot of people think supply is just massively expanded in the short-term rental market, and it has, but demand has increased far more. So yes, we've had a lot of people join the market. Yes, it is very market dependent. So there's people coming into, for example, Scottsdale, buying up a lot of property and doing uh, short-term rentals. However, there's other markets throughout the, the United States where they're rare, they're very untapped as far as short-term rentals. However, that demand nationwide is increasing. We've seen really that people are preferring hospitality or vacation stays or short-term stays to be done in Airbnb just because you can go with family, cook in the kitchen, that kind of thing. And the hotel has oh. seen a reduction. The Marriott's, the Hyatt's, the Hilton. My wife worked for Hyatt for about 12 years. I mean, the numbers are really staggering on what's what that shift has happened. So I was really paying attention to um, just the data coming out in these these quarterly reports showing this increase in demand, which was amazing, right? 20% per year. Actually, since 2011, it was 10% per year upwards. And then 2019, okay. 20% per year. 
2020, there was a pause because of COVID, obviously, but 2021, 2022, and 2023, they're even projecting even more uh, demand. So it's not going oh, wow. away anytime soon. Okay. Um, but yeah, how we're using it, I mean, really, you know, go to the market that has, you know, that demand that it's, it's a the need for a short-term rental stay and then everybody else isn't there yet. It's just like any other uh, real estate acquisition. You know, if you're coming at the top of the market, you're probably going to not do so well. But if you can find that market that is in that ramp up, that's in that transition, or maybe it's in that recovery, um, you can get really great prices and really meet that short-term rental demand uh, which typically is about four times the cash flow of a long-term rental. So, oh wow, okay, so much better economics compared to the long-term. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you've got to get in. Right. So Scottsdale sounds sure, sure. But it sounds like you know a place like and I always hear this about. I, I think it was Insider uh, did a, did a story a couple weeks ago. This guy had like ninety-five short-term rentals in Scottsdale or in Phoenix area. And he thought the Super Bowl was going to be like his his real you know cash cow, but vacancies were high. He did. There's something wrong in what he. he I assume what he did, but regardless, sure. uh, sounds like Scottsdale is sort of a very um, uh, diluted market, if you will, um, or Phoenix area in general. So, what are some of the yeah, areas? That, is that first of all, is that true? Okay, Phoenix in general. So, where where are you guys? You know, without giving away all your secrets, I know it's competitive out there. What, what are some of the other regions that you're, you know, you're looking at or where you're active? Well, you know, the, the funny thing is it's not that competitive. <laughs> the oversaturation, I think, comes from the idea that there is so many of them. But who, how many of those people are running it like a business, right? How many people mm. are analyzing the data every week? Because it is weekly. It is daily even, right? You can adjust the price daily. Right. If you're not getting um, occupancy, if people aren't staying there, you can adjust the the price daily and then you can go into the property itself and adjust what it looks like. You can adjust the uh, add amenities, take away amenities, change the pictures. There are things you can do every single day. And if you're a hotel, you're doing that. You are doing that if you're running a hotel, but people don't run their Airbnbs like a hotel. So is there a lot of people in the market? Certainly. But is it oversaturated with professional people that are making it? you know, actually running theirs like a business? Probably not. Um, so the markets we're looking in, we just follow the data. Like where's the demand? Where's, where is it oversaturated? Where is, where are people wanting to vacation? Um, typically it's the mountains and the beaches, right? Oceanfront or, or waterfront properties. Um, but you know, other areas do really well as well, as well, like places that have high economic turnover or not economic turnover, but a lot of people travel there for economic reasons, for business, for, for medical, for colleges, for, you know, so, and we don't mind sharing all that. That's that stuff. That data is free. You can Google all this stuff. You can go on air DNA and look this up. I was going to say, Christopher has some good markets. He can give away some good markets. If people are looking for places, if you want to, Oh, that'd be great. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. So what are some, what are some markets that you like, Christopher? Yeah, so it's really interesting. I mean, we're if you want to know where we are, we are in Arizona. So we are about two hours north of Phoenix, Sedona, Arizona. It's a great gross revenue market. It's also very highly priced. Uh, we're, we're on the coast of North Carolina. We're in Kissimmee, Florida, which is Orlando by Disney World. Very steady market, but a little competitive right now, oversupply there. Uh, so you have to differentiate. Um, but AirDNA put, put out another great report talking about the top markets for 2023. And the really cool thing is they're affordable for people. So they're not focusing on the primary markets anymore. Uh, if you looked at like reports for last year, you might have saw Phoenix, Tampa, Austin, 
you know, Memphis, Tennessee, or some of these big, bigger markets that are also doing well in multifamily. Uh, however, now we're seeing with the interest rates, we're seeing a pullback. So the reports that came out for AirDNA talking about the best markets are actually markets in Michigan, Indiana, hmm. uh, Illinois. Uh, and you can buy a property and, and it's also based on how good that market is for policy. So is it friendly to short-term rentals? Is the state policy friendly? Um, so a lot of these markets in Illinois, Michigan, and Indiana are actually buyable. Like you can buy the property for 150000 you know, 200000 and they're grossing about forty to sixty thousand. So you do the numbers there. That's actually a very, very good ratio. Uh, that price to revenue ratio is very good. You typically want to see like, like a three 20, or four x cash on cash. I'm trying to think about the <laughs> yeah. doing the math real, so real quickly. That's yeah. where I'd recommend people look. Like if you're if you're looking for short term rentals, go on the outskirts of a big city. Or go where the price to revenue ratio makes sense. So like outskirts, I'd say upstate New York, um, New Haven, Connecticut was on the list. Uh, these are outside of big cities. People are taking vacations. They can drive there. Don't go buy the place in Kauai. It's way too expensive. Um, <laughs> it might be very well, but mm-hmm. it's got extremely high expenses. Go for the the near near big city, but not in the big city. Like I don't suggest you come to Phoenix. It's just too too competitive right now but there's plenty of okay. smaller markets right outside the primaries great great tips i, lo- I love that um okay so i know that uh you guys have a passion for helping people make the, ter- the transition from nine to five to real estate investor the same way you did um whether they're you know working their way out of that or making the full jump um can you tell me um i guess i think i know why that's important to you but how do you help people? Um, and, and what are some of the, the, can you walk through some of the economics? How much does it cost to get started? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. So, you know, for the longest time, we only offered, um, people could invest with us as we did these deals, as we bought multifamily apartment complexes, um, small multifamily, large multifamily. And we slowly realized when we did our first five Airbnbs last year, we realized that, Hey, you know, if we had to do this all over again, we would buy an Airbnb first and focus on, you know, that forex cash flow to set up the financial platform to allow us the time freedom because you could you can manage an Airbnb easily with 1 to 2 hours a day, right? And now you have the time freedom to, you know, either quit your job because you're making enough and then go do something else, do whatever your passion project is. Maybe that is scaling that business, or maybe that is woodworking, or maybe that is being with your family, whatever, right? So now you have the time freedom to go do that stuff. That was our struggle in the beginning. And so we took that and we turned around, we did those five Airbnbs. We saw the the cash flow in there and we're like, this is actually not that difficult. Using the same model we use to acquire and manage a lot of the long-term rentals, the small multifamily we did, because we were using the Burr strategy, if you're familiar with that, we applied yep. that to short-term rentals. And um, in doing that, we just built a course that we now help, that helps people get into that space to gross, you know, 100, 200,000 a year off of one to two Airbnbs. Um, so they can create that time freedom and and go actually live their best life and design their life the way they like, right? Instead of having to do that nine to five, you know, for the rest of their life and only be able to, you know, actually, what do they call it? Self-actualization, you know, in Maslow's hierarchy of needs, like only get to actually explore their best life after retirement. 
So essentially, yep. we're showing people in this Airbnb course how to do that early in life through a couple Airbnbs. And Christopher, do you want to know your 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 heart on the numbers? So, what, what, how much does this cost us typically? Um, I want to get started with my first my first one. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, really, uh, in the market right now, let's say you went and and positioned yourself to buy a short term rental at two hundred thousand, you're going to pay thirty percent down on something like that, plus some renovations. So, you could do it minimum, you know, minimally for about $70,000, $50,000. Um, you could own a short-term rental grossing about 40 to 60,000. So you can do two of those and you're, you're pretty well set, you know, or the other option too, is if you invest with us and we're doing it, uh, you can get involved, you know, so we offer two really things, invest with us or learn with us. It's up to you what you want to do, you know, and some people want to exit their W-2 and they want to uh, get passive income, but are okay with actively doing some real estate. Well, then take the course, go do it yourself. That's the whole point of the course. It wasn't, I didn't want to keep answering the same questions. Um, so then the other way, of course, though, hey, I love my job. I, I make good money, but I don't have time. I'd like to have some real estate. You can invest with us as little as $25,000, um, you know, and we'll go do it for you. And then it's completely passive. So. So it's twenty five thousand dollars minimum, and then you you all management I manage it. I assume there's a management fee that comes out of that, out of the return. Uh, yeah. Yes, and yes, we put together a fund essentially, and we're going to be buying along with Techfester. We partner with Techfester, who specializes in acquisition, in management, and scaling this whole system of acquiring and managing um, um, Airbnbs, right? And so. We're bringing a fund to them. We're going to help fund their acquisition and management of all these Airbnbs. So essentially, if you wanted to invest in this asset class without actually being restricted to one house in or one Airbnb in one market, this is diversifying you across multiple markets across the United States, right? To reduce your risk for as little as 25000 you know, you can get into that fund and now you're diversified investing in this asset class that we truly believe in that we're fully invested in. Um and, you know, and get it's completely passive. And that's what my brother's talking about. And this is kind of what this is the model we've used for apartment buildings. And we're just applying it now to Airbnbs at scale. Right. So mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I got it. That makes a ton of sense to me. Um, OK, so we've, we've covered the, you know, how how you guys got started, uh, how people get into this. Um, let's switch gears a little bit. So, you know, most of the folks I talk to, uh, first of all, both internally at, at our, our company and, and outside, um, you know, we're, we're constantly watching, um, we call him the, the big homie, Jay Powell, and his movements uh, with, with interest rates. Um, how has this in, increased interest rate environment impacted the business of, of investing in short-term rentals? Yeah, it's impacted it a lot. Um... I think that a lot of people who bought with floating debt and were looking to refinance into 2023 are impacted a lot. Some of them won't be able to find that debt and they'll, they'll be forced to foreclose. They'll be forced to sell, unfortunately. Um, but fortunately, that, that is the way real estate works. There's cycles. So there's always someone positioned to take real estate from other people. They're going to be buying when people are selling help people are selling when people are buying. That's just the way real estate works. So I think the interest rates have really forced people to um, buy right, which is what they should be doing anyway. A lot of people have been buying over 
over expensive homes and, and really not running them like a business, like Ashton said. Um, typically, uh, a short-term rental loan now, you know, if you're, it's called a DSCR loan. Uh, typically, it's based on short-term rental income, kind of like they do commercial loans as well. So, but those loans are typically one point higher than a residential loan. So you're seeing upwards of eight percent um, on mm. on a loan, which is very high expense for short-term rental. Now, short-term rental cash flows four times as much. So you are a little better off than if you were just doing it as a long-term rental, but it definitely slowed down people buying short-term rentals. And that's why I say like buy where it makes sense, buy where that, that, that price to uh, revenue makes sense or the purchase price to revenue makes sense. Don't go rushing out and just acquire a million dollar home in Kauai because you think it can support it uh, based on short-term rental income. Your debt is very expensive. Uh, as far as you know, buying so it has slowed down people buying um, property, and that's really what we've seen. You know, it's slowed down that supply, that demand's still there, like we said. So if you can differentiate, if you can stick out, if you can be better than the co- competition, that supply's not growing as fast as it used to. So there's opportunity as well. Got it. Um, that makes sense to me. I, I feel like. You know, I've been just as a sort of fan looking at uh, some of these different uh, Airbnb investors. And and you mentioned, Ashton, before, um, you know, changing the amenities, changing, uh, the, the, changing the pictures, all these things. And there are people that have a real sort of talent around creating an experience around an Airbnb or short-term rental. And I think it's especially true in Arizona, where it's become a very popular place for bachelor parties, bachelorette parties, um, you know, these sort of uh, like milestone life events. And you get to the home and it's like, oh, it's like a, it's almost like a, um, a comic book version of uh, what that should be. Right. I, I, yeah. I assume you all have experienced a lot of that. Yeah, the, uh, the tech fest or the guys we're partnering on with to do this, this massive acquisition um, they did a Barbie house and it's completely like pink inside and it's one of their highest yes. grossing houses. And, um, yeah, yeah. yeah, like, because it's an experience, right? People are paying for the experience. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. That's really yeah. cool. Um, wouldn't be my choice. I'm not a, a Barbie guy, but <laughs> I'm sure there's, right. I'm sure there's something where I'd be like, Oh, this is, you know, a much better. Actually, what did I say? I did one, um, a couple of years ago. These people, I think were ahead of the game. Cause I think I'm seeing, I'm hearing a lot more about it, but, um, it was like a treehouse type theme. Yeah. And they oh, just cool. took it to the next the next level and it really made the experience very, very different. Um, that sounds cool. Okay. So uh, we talked about the, the the interest rate environment. What are some, and we and we did, we, we talked a little bit about just uh, some other things. I'm just curious, are there any other um, trends um, short in short-term rentals in particular that you're, that you're seeing that, um, you know, for the, for the person listening to the show, thinking about getting into this or already into this, um, what, what are some of the important trends that you're seeing? Yeah, I mean, really, so a lot of these markets, you might have heard the news about Phoenix with the Super Bowl. I did a post on LinkedIn about this. I'm big on LinkedIn. And uh, I, I showed how like, yeah, kind of like we mentioned, uh, uh, I think it was before the show, but there were a lot of people with empty listings for the Super Bowl for 2023. And really, it was a lot about people you know, selling water during a hurricane. So they're kind of trying to take advantage 
of the situation, okay. <laughs> right? Uh, or after a hurricane, I should say. Don't sell it during the hurricane. Um, but they were taking advantage of a situation where they were jacking the prices up, you know, 100, 200% of their normal rate. So if their normal mm. rate was 300, they were doing like 1500 a night. Um, so mm-hmm. just completely unacceptable. But, but you saw what you saw really was that even when there's a lot of supply and there's a lot of demand, you have to differentiate yourself. You have to be different than the competition. And you can't just enter the space and run it like uh, a mom and pop owner. Uh, so what you're seeing is a lot of these people that either bought really expensive um, and they're now faced with the idea that they run a business and they don't really like that. Um, they're busy people. <laughs> and and so a lot of these properties are going to come back into the market. So you're going to see a little more availability for um houses to be bought. And whether they're bought by short-term rental owners or they're bought by people who are looking to live in Phoenix, um, you're just going to see that growth of supply in um, real estate. And it's not just because of interest rates. It's because people really didn't know what they were signing up for when they rushed into this in okay. 2021. And so if you're positioning yourself to be ready for that kind of new supply to be added, or if you can come in and offering up, you know, like, let me take this off your hands. Let me figure out how I can rent it better than you. There's a lot of co-hosting going on right now. So uh, a lot of people who thought they couldn't run a property are now trying to get a partner to manage it for them because they don't know what they're doing. Okay. Um, so mm-hmm. you're seeing a lot of that going on. Um, but yeah, demand demand's really still strong. It's all about differentiation. It's all about checking the, the market, checking the reporting, the analytics. Uh, we are seeing more people go into these tertiary markets, like I kind of talked about, simply for affordability, but also because if they're untapped, a lot of them. I have a good friend who does like short-term rentals all throughout Michigan, and, and they do very, very well. Um, there's hmm. seasonality to that, but having that that market that your expenses are so low, I mean, it's it's a great, it's a win solution. So if I was going to yeah. tell someone joining, yeah, we, though, it's like, treat it like a business, differentiate mm-hmm. yourself. We talked a little bit about theming. Theming is very a good way to like stick out, you know, like we theme a lot of our properties. Um, hmm. So just be different and be be a really good host and, and you're going to do okay in the space. Yeah, I, I, I love that advice. I feel like um, in just especially during the pandemic, um, you know, we think about, um, so, you know, we're based in Chicago um, and, you know, right next to us, we have sort of, you know, West Michigan. Uh, where there are a ton, there's, a, I think, a very sort of uh, robust Airbnb or short-term rental mar- market. Uh, and, you know, you had to book that stuff, you know, months, months ahead. I mean, they, I mean, you'd see just no vacancy in some of the prime, uh, prime spots. So uh, certainly there's some seasonality around it. But, you know, in a place like uh, Michigan, you've got Chicago uh, on, on one side. So people trying to get out of the city, it's a one and a half hour, you know, drive uh, to get to West Michigan. Uh, and then, of course, you've got Detroit on the other side as well, a couple hour drive. So you've all these people sort of converging on this uh, lakefront um, with, you know, pretty reasonable pricing um, if you want to buy a place. Uh, so yeah. it, it makes a lot of sense what you're saying about some of these, you know, we we here in the Midwest wouldn't think of it as tertiary, but uh, certainly compared to some of the, the bigger uh, cities. <laughs> tertiary, uh, yeah. Markets. Well, um, I'm, not, I'm not entirely but, talking about yeah. like. Detroit or something, but it's more like those, yeah. like Sheboygan or something. Um, that was on sure. the list as one, you know, it's definitely oh, no somewhere you're okay. going to visit. Yeah, I've spent some time in Sheboygan. Uh, it's beautiful up there. Um, yeah. Okay. So 
I think that's all my uh, all my questions for you guys today. This has been really good. I think uh, for for anyone trying to get into this business, invest in this business, um, you, you've given them a really good good primer. Um, you know, I think some of the things that hop out to me are it sounds like like you mentioned, you've got to you got to run this like a business. Um, be on top of your numbers uh, on a daily or weekly basis. Um, you, you can't just go buy this. You know, it's a very emotional in a lot of ways. I think real estate in general can be emotional, right? So you see this home in Kauai and you're like, oh, that's a no-brainer. That people are going to rent that every day. But you've got to be really smart about looking at the, the actual rental expectations against the, the purchase price. Um, and and uh, I, I think that your, your advice around should you just you know take the course, learn how to do this yourself, or if you don't really have time for that, get in and invest in a fund? I think is is really interesting uh, as well. Um, so I'm really excited about this space. Uh, I definitely expect to spend more time on it, and maybe even talk to my team about how we can integrate some more features into our platform to help the short term rental investor. I don't think we do a lot of that now. Um, I want to thank you guys, and this is my one of my favorite parts of the show. We're going to do the, the fit check, if you will. And I'll go first. <laughs> Today, I'm in a pair of Adidas by Alexander McQueen. These are one of my favorite pairs of sneakers, actually. Uh, they're kind of <laughs> hard to find. Uh, and I've had them for years now, but I like scrub them with a toothbrush. I, I like, I'm keeping these forever. I love these. Uh, <laughs> what, what do you guys have going on over there? All right, so I got a um, La Sportiva. I don't know who makes it. It's a trail running shoe because All right. I practically I live in workout gear. <laughs> um, okay, okay. So, yeah. And um, outdoorsy, outdoorsy workout gear. Yeah, yeah. I like to get outside and, and uh, get some miles under me. So uh, either in the weight room or running, yeah. Okay, yeah, I can yeah. tell you're, you're into, into fitness. Christopher. <laughs> You could tell. I have a sock on because I'm in Phoenix and uh, <laughs> but uh, we don't wear shoes. It's too warm here, pretty much. <laughs> so flip flops is usually where we're at. So, all right. So usually I don't give anybody a hard time about their their fit. <laughs> but not only did you come with the sock, you came with the Christmas sock. I mean, we're we're all it's, it's almost spring. <laughs> No, but they're very warm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay. So uh, thank you guys again for um, being on. Um, we'll be in touch with, with a gift uh, for your time. Uh, I have a couple more things for you. Um, first, I know you're, you're both big supporters of the Big Sky Bravery uh, Project and Unbound. Could you uh, speak for a moment on, on both those organizations and why they're important to you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, first and foremost, we're both veterans and, um, the guys that run big sky bravery, it's basically a nonprofit for that takes special operations, uh, active duty, special operations actually. And they take them to the wilderness of Montana. They take them skiing, snowmobiling, um, hunting, fishing, you know, everything outdoors up there kind of as a way to help them decompress ever after everything they've done. Um, and I can just, you know, from my own experience, uh, the, the trip up there is just unbelievable. The people are amazing, just good Americans. And, you know, the sense of, um, patriotism you get. And, and a lot of times when guys get into this job, 
I say this, like I'm still in it, but that job, it's because of the passion they have, the patriotism, and they want to be challenged, right? But sometime over the period of your career, a lot of times you forget why you are doing it because, um, and I hate to be morbid, but you're seeing and doing a lot of things that, you know, that weigh on your soul, right? Uh And um, being out there with other great Americans with doing, seeing what America has to offer and what you're actually you know, why you, you're doing what you're doing, it adds a whole nother level to, um, your commitment to your passion, your purpose in the military. And so for us, I think that's a big thing, a big way to give back to the guys that are still the brothers and sisters that are still doing it, right. Still putting their life on the line for, you know, whatever you, you know, whatever your affiliation is, but, um, for America. So I think that one's very powerful and they're all friends of mine actually that, that run it. Um, and then the other one, Unbound, uh, a friend of ours is involved in that as well. He brought that to us and we, it resonated with us. They fight human trafficking and, um, you know, that hits home and <laughs> believe it or not, just try, if you've traveled, believe it or not, you've probably been exposed to human trafficking. You may not know it, but you know, that waitress, that, um, child, that whatever, like they're, they're all over the place. And, uh, I didn't really realize it until much later until I did some digging, but um, people are being bought and sold all around the world and it's, it's unbelievable, but unbound is going out there. And they, I think they focus on China mostly, but, um, mm. they're fighting human trafficking, you know, of the buying and selling of, of kids mainly. So, um, it's a big deal. And so essentially 1% of our profits of every deal we do, um, goes towards this. We have a fund set up on the side that we partner with in our deals and, uh, it goes into that fund and we allocate towards those nonprofits every year. So, uh, every now and then there's a new nonprofit that might come up that we want to support as well. Like we've also supported shields and stripes, which helps firefighters and police officers and, uh, um, other military members as well in their ongoing health and recovery after, you know, from injuries incurred on the job. Um, but yeah, those are the two primary ones unbound and big sky bravery that we're really aligned with right now. Yeah, thank you for that. I think, um, you know, it's it's interesting. You, you mentioned uh, when you travel, the people don't realize that they're coming in contact. It's it, it's almost more, you know, it's more insidious, right? Uh, it's right yeah. underneath your yeah. nose. You don't even realize. Uh, so it's, it's great to hear uh, someone's someone's focus on on that, and certainly helping helping our uh, both, you know, uh, people that are in the service right now and and vets. Um, re- really important. Okay, so uh, for those looking to find you guys. Where, what's the best way to get in touch to invest or learn about investing on their own? Yeah, you can go straight to our website, valkyriegroup.com, V-A-L-K-E-R-E group.com. Um, you can also check out the course. If you go straight to that website, you'll you'll be able to find everything. But the course specifically is vacationrentalmaster.com, exactly like it sounds, vacationrentalmaster.com. So yeah, invest with us, learn with us. We are an open book. We are good on both fronts. We'll we'll help you either way you want to go. Um, we're both very active on LinkedIn too. If you want to connect on more like a personal basis, and we can set up a call and, and speak with you one on one. We do a lot of a lot of giving away of information. Not everything's about making money. It's about helping people and and uh, helping the next one along the way. So reach out if we can help. Yeah, I'm going to make sure that we're connected if we're not already. Um, thank you, both Ashton and Christopher Leverick. Everyone, thanks for joining the show today, and we'll talk to you soon.